Today's sponsor is one of my favorites, New Jerusalem Studios, a sacred art studio dedicated to revealing Christ-saving love through beauty. New Jerusalem Studios invites us to intentionally nourish ourselves with beauty this Advent. One of the best ways we can do this is to bring sacred art into our home, where these sacred images can become inscribed in our memories and woven into the fabric of our life. Friends, consider curating a collection of sacred art for your home, the domestic church. Truly Sacred Art announces the gospel of Jesus through clear, radiant, beautiful images. Because it participates in the sacramental life of the church, it also reveals and makes present Christ's saving love. In this way, Sacred Art is a powerful antidote to the negative images and noise that barrage us daily. Sacred artist Ruth Strickland of New Jerusalem Studios creates images rooted in iconography, but with more realistic faces, merging Eastern and Western traditions of sacred art. This highlights the idealized, glorified, heavenly radiance of the saints, drawing the worshiper out of themselves and into participation in the New Jerusalem. Search New Jerusalem Studios to view their gallery of sacred art images available as handmade wood-mounted icons and museum-quality canvas or paper prints. They just launched angel Christmas ornaments and palm-sized wooden icon minis, which tuck easily into a stocking or Christmas card. Share beauty with others while supporting Catholic sacred art. Finally, if the Christmas overflow mass location at your parish lacks beauty, share with your pastor the availability of the authentic New Jerusalem Studios sacred art banners that instantly convert a hall or a gym into a space worthy of an encounter with the Lord. I had the privilege of meeting Ruth and I was just blown away by the beauty of her art and also the deep meaning behind each piece. I've also seen her art banners convert a ballroom into a beautiful sacred worship space. So I hope you check them out and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Bidings Together podcast. And we are going to conclude our little two-part series on the Varanasi letter from Mother Teresa. So if you didn't join us last week, you can click the link in the show notes and join us on this letter. It's only a three-page long letter. It's very short and it's very beautiful. And so we're going to begin in the middle of page two and finish the letter today. And it will just provide you more and more for things to pray with and just an experience of Christ's heart. The scripture passage that we're going to focus on today, last week we focused on I thirst, this week we're going to focus on Luke chapter 2 verse 19, where it says, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And Mother Teresa is going to invite us to begin to really ponder things in our heart. And so as we dive in, I think, Heather, did you start last week? I can't remember. I was going to ask Michelle to start. Michelle, you want to start with start us off with this, the second part of the letter and what Mother Teresa is inviting us to? Yeah, I think you alluded to it last week, but it says, why is mother saying these things? Mm -hmm. This is like, listen up. Hey, kids, pay attention. This is serious. (laughs) You know, after reading the Holy Father's letter, I thirst, I was struck so much. For her to, I was thinking about this, when is it in the Lord, like, gives you an epiphany saying like, this needs to become a theme for your life. I thirst like Mm -hmm. how Mother Teresa, like this has become, it's in every single one of her convents 
where her sisters are and her priests and brothers, that whole saying, I thirst. So what is it that I was thinking to myself, what is it that the Lord, what is his theme for me? that he is really Mm -hmm. stirring up in my heart. And I love it. She later says in the letter, like, what is stirring? What is the Jesus stirring in your heart? And the Holy Spirit is always moving. He's always stirring. He's always speaking. Whether or not we are attuned to hear his voice or see his movements is another question. But I was thinking like, okay, if I had a theme, like if I was going to put like in my convent, my house, like what would it be? Mm-hmm. You know, what would be my theme? I don't know yet, but I want one. Like I was thinking, I want a theme. I thirst. I want one that's like mm-hmm. the declaration of my love for the Lord. And so that's what I was thinking. I know it's kind of random, but that was what I was thinking when I was um, meditating on this letter. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I like that she's focusing on the. It's not just the acknowledgement of like, oh, I thirst. And that's like, oh, that's powerful in the moment. She's saying, Jesus himself must be the one to say this to you. Hear your own name, not just once, every day, Mm. she says. This is what I think. It's like when Mary pondered things in her heart, like we've been talking about slowing down, about silence, about it's creating space for things like this. Mm -hmm. Like when God... Mm -hmm blesses you with a revelation of something that these aren't supposed to be like an Instagram scroll, like, Oh, cool. And then we, Mm -hmm. and then we move on. Mm -hmm. There's some things we should never ever move on from. And there's some things in my life like that, which I feel compelled to preach and teach about all the Mm -hmm. time. And I know, I know that some people are like, that's so simple. I get it. And I'm like, but you don't get it because if you did get it, your life would be completely different. Like we Mm -hmm. can't forget some of these essential things and pieces or we will be completely lost. So I, I love that she's saying it begins with us, this encounter with him, with us, like allow Jesus to say your name. And as you experience like his love being poured in, in this exchange that happens, you are going to want to desire that for other people. You are going to have the same thirst that he has for souls. Mm-hmm. That's the Lord. <laughs> That's real the life. Lord. There's a soul at your door, Michelle, go get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the water it, guy he's like i heard somebody's Jesus. thirsty in here yeah. <laughs> You're like bro stop oh, listening in on my smart my smart technology <laughs> no i say just keep that in i love oh, it yeah. i think it's awesome because people people can see <laughs> well and mother Teresa continues to invite us to have a real living relationship with the living Lord Jesus, like you're saying, Heather. And she says, you know, we that we hear our own name, not just once every day. And if you listen with your heart, you will hear and you will understand. And then she kind of asked the question, she said, why does, on the last page, she said, why does Jesus say, I thirst? What does it mean? Something so hard to explain in words. If you remember anything from mother's letter, remember this, I thirst is something much deeper than Jesus just saying, I love you. Until you know deep inside that Jesus thirsts for you, You can't begin to know who he wants to be for you or who he wants you to be for him. Mm. And that is the writings. That's the writings of all the great spiritual masters. Like that's John of the Cross. It's St. Trez. That's Bernard of Clairvaux. That's Francis de Sales. Like that's Teresa of Avila. I mean, this is the stuff of the great spiritual masters of, and, and I think it's so interesting. It's also the part where we kind of dissemble, where we're like, well, maybe the Jesus thirsts for me. It's, or it's kind of like we do the thing. Where we're like, well, move along, Lord. Yeah, I get that, but move along. It's that, that fear, the desire we have to be seen and loved, and also the tremendous fear we have as well. Mm-hmm. And that it does, it requires everything. That's why ultimately there is no third way. There's not Jesus or nothing or something else. It's like 
God or nothing. Like Hardin Robert Sarah, I think, wrote that book, God or Nothing. It's it's one or the other. Jesus is not He's not indifferent to us, and He's not something we can be indifferent about either. He's not a person just to be indifferent about. It's what what else is there? Like to whom shall we go, Lord? Where else are we going to go? Like you have the words of eternal life, and that daily encounter is what the Lord's inviting us to. And and, and however we're living our life, whatever state of life, where we have little kids, we're elderly, we're homebound, we're chronically ill, we were, you know, mar- marriages are flourishing, or marriages are suffering, or maybe we're priest and whatever's happening, you know, that Christ is continually, th- he's continually calling us to answer that thirst and to allow, to allow our hearts to be sought after by him, to allow him to thirst for us, to allow him to call us deeper. That Man, that requires a lot of vulnerability. Mm. <laughs> it's scary, I think. It is scary. Mm. I totally. love when he says, Our Lady will help us in all of this. Mm-hmm. Since she was the first person to hear Jesus's cry. And I mean, you know that, but it just struck me in the letter. Mm. Like she was the pers- first person yeah. to hear his cry. She was the first person to attune to Jesus. She's the first person, you know, to comfort him. So of course she'll be the one to help us learn how to comfort his heart also. Mm-hmm. Last week when I was in Wisconsin, the retreat I was giving all was Marian. And then like I had referenced before, I went to the shrine of Our Lady of Champion. And I just was struck once again, like my devotion to Mary had to grow. It did not come naturally to me. Like actually mm-hmm. it was a stumbling block for me at the beginning of my reversion to my Catholic faith. But then like her tenderness and her just unconditional love and just the love of a mother. And I keep on going back to when we did the series on St. Elizabeth, the Trinity Claire Dwyer's book, like she's the woman that knows the timing of the season. Like she was the woman that knew the miracle of, the, of Cana. You know, she said, and he, and Jesus even said to her, woman, it's not yet my time. And she's like, yeah, it is. It's time for a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I keep mm-hmm. on going back to that. A mother knows the timing of things. She mm-hmm. knows the timing of the things, but the mother also knows how to console a child. Mm-hmm. So just allowing her to teach me and really realizing like she is a spouse of the Holy Spirit. So just the Holy Spirit and Mary are a powerful force to teach us all the things that we need to know in a mothering way mm-hmm. to really learn about our own hearts, but also to learn about the heart of Jesus, you know, and how to respond mm-hmm. in love to all the situations yeah, so that just really struck me for that. Heather, what about you? Mm-hmm. And she is one of one of the few people who who knows what it's like to actually tend to his heart. Yes. And yeah. his body and his needs and all of that because she would have held him and rocked him and changed him and 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 I'm like, oh, that he would stoop so low to allow himself to be held and cared for like that. And because mm-hmm. that's relationship, there's reciprocity in relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not just one person giving to another all the time. The Trinity mm-hmm. is always receiving and pouring out to each other. And therefore that should be our relationship with God as well. There are things that we should want to offer and that he actually doesn't dismiss as petty and trivial things, but he receives mm-hmm. them because we are a gift to him. This is just mind blowing. It, it really is when we pause to think about it. Like, how could we possibly be a gift to him? <laughs> and yet we are, yeah, you know, really. we are. And that, and to know that he wants to receive us, mm-hmm. he wants to receive from us. There's a beautiful exchange happening there. And when we're centered on what she's saying here, which is this beautiful communion, this beautiful exchange, then we're able to have very clearly in our mind, what are we inviting people into? If our Mm -hmm. call is to go and make disciples of all nations, 
it's not just to invite people into a, a good way to live or, you know, to get their behavior in order or even to like the the Catholic parish, which is like a community club. That's not what it's about, you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes we can just f- fall short and stop there because maybe we've lost sight of this is what it's actually about. This is what we're actually inviting people mm-hmm. into. And, and we don't know how to do that unless we are engaged there mm-hmm. in that relationship first. Yeah. It's the continual learning and the continual growth of relationship, I think, is really what we're talking about. And Our Lady loves to, uh, she loves to show us those things and how to be women and how to love and how to receive. And like we said, this is the stuff of real life. And I I also found it very interesting, just, just to frame this again, we talked about this last week, but this letter that Mother Teresa is writing in 1993, she's writing it to her community members. So she's writing it to her sisters, to her brothers, the brothers in the community and the priest. So she's continually inviting them to conversion and transformation. It's not just because, oh, you're an MC now, you're you're fine. And clearly she's seeing things in her community that are giving her clues of a deeper need for deeper intimacy with Christ, and which is always the case. Like that's the Christian discipleship. But I, I, I thought it was very interesting at the end of the letter, she's, she quotes where Jesus says, you know, to tells us to repent and believe. And she says, what, what are we to repent? You know, of what are we to repent? Our indifference? our indifference and our hardness of heart. And I can't remember if I said this on the podcast, but uh, several years ago, I remember I had a priest friend who was asking me, you know, what he said, you know, what, what do you think the biggest danger for a priest is? And I, I just, I think it's the biggest danger for any person. And I guessed a few things and, and he said, no, he said, the biggest danger for a priest is hardness of heart. He said, because from the hardness of heart is where every other disorder comes from. And I was just really struck by that. And you just think of the places where where Jesus, you know, he's angry a couple times in the gospel. And one of the ways, one of the times he's angered or he's grieved deeply is at the hardness of heart of the Pharisees, of the places where they're unmoved by the suffering of others. They're unmoved by compassion. They're unmoved by repentance. They're unmoved by a desire to be humble, to confess sins, to be honest about secrets. And I just, that is such a danger, I think, for every single one of us, hardness of heart. And we can hide behind the holy things. Mm -hmm. We can hide behind the holy things and still have hard hearts like stone. And that to me scares the heck out of me. <laughs> like I, Lord, please, like, please open my heart, soften my heart. Holy spirit, come melt. What is frozen? Warm. What is chill? I don't want to have a hard heart. Lord, in all the places that are hard, I know I do. Mm-hmm. Please come open these places because I don't know what I don't know. And oh gosh. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. That our hearts would mm, not be hard so and closed. Oh, absolutely. And I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but even the whole Our Lady of Sorrows, you know, I never really liked Mm -hmm. that image. And now she's probably one of my favorite titles and patrons of Mary, because I mean, it's not a very lovely picture, you know, her heart is pierced with all these heart, you know, knives in it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then in the last year and a half, I've seen it as something different. It's a heart that's pierced, but stays open. It's not closed, Mm. you know, Mm. and like our friend, Father Justin Brady says, you know, Our Lady of Sorrows, when you're doing exorcisms is one of the most powerful titles of Mary because she stood at her worst pain and fear and still trusted God's goodness. And I keep on going back to that. Like I keep on going back to that title of Our Lady of Sorrows. But like what you were mentioning in the previous podcast, Heather, like our time to ponder things, our time to grieve things. And allow them to mm-hmm. be let go and allow the Lord to work in them. But really, I think for women is to allow the Lord to heal and move them and not get bitter by them. Because I think for bitterness mm-hmm. is a really mm-hmm. easy thing for, I think, women. I know for me to fall into, I can get bitter 
or I can get resentful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like almost like a silent poison that comes in. Like you, it Mm -hmm. is, it's not like in your face. It's the subtle thing that comes in. It's little quips, Mm -hmm. it's little words, it's little things, it's little aggravations, which I think is sometimes more dangerous than this full frontal assault coming at you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a little snipe comment. It's this, it's that. And the allowing the Lord to really purify us in those ways with a hardness of heart. Mm-hmm. Be careful of bitter roots. Mm-hmm. You know, to heal bitter roots is always forgiveness and mercy mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to be. And to forgive bitter roots is always receptivity of God's love. So how do I let those roots that have become bitter become sweet again? It is the fragrance of the Lord inviting him to come in. Yeah, that's really good. I was talking with Father Justin not that long ago, actually, and we we're talking about the sacred heart of Jesus and Mary's heart and Our Lady of Sorrows and just the depictions of their hearts that we see in art. Mm-hmm. And as a meditation, he said, Heather, what does your heart look like? What are the symbols? What are the places it's been pierced? What, you know, what are these things in your own heart? And it was like a different way of, everybody needs different ways, you know, to, yeah, to meditate. And that was one of them for me. That Ooh, he gave that's me. a great question. I just think there's, there, here's another tool. If you want to take a more artistic meditation and what are those places? And maybe some of them, you know, it, when you look at the artistic depictions of the sacred heart and Mary's heart, there's life that's coming even mm-hmm. where there's been piercing, you know? And so to look at our own hearts and say, maybe there's not life here yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. there's just an arrow, you know, stuck in here or a sword has been pierced through here, but life hasn't come here yet. So let's just pray. Like, let's invite the love of God into here to heal those places of our heart. Mm-hmm. Mary teaches us what it's like to do that because she wasn't without sorrow and pain. Like she literally, she really suffered and grieved a lot. And the mm-hmm. the amount of trust she had to have was tremendous. So she's a teacher mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. a very, very good teacher for us there. And it does, it hearkens to what you're both are saying here, because why our hearts are not hard, they're not hard for no reason. There's always a reason why our hearts become hard. And a lot of that has to do with under pain underneath. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to feel the pain. I want to, I want my heart just, I don't want to hurt anymore. And so one of the ways we do that, we try to do that is like, so by splitting off or like pushing that part of our heart away, but just like calluses on our hands, the calluses come to protect the soft layers underneath, or they come from being worked. And so under understanding underneath that it's not those are real stories. Like you, like you, like when Michelle was talking, what you were saying last week, Heather, about your counselor inviting you to actually have time every day where you allow yourself to feel mm-hmm. where it's and that the allowing ourselves to feel and allowing ourselves to name what's under when it's underneath the hardness of heart. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's abandonment. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's bitterness that then we can kind of see underneath and then it takes like the, a lot of the mystery out of it or just mean I'm like, Oh, this hard heart. It's like, Oh, actually there's a lot of stories underneath that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they all actually make really good sense. So what is, what is the Lord inviting me to, to, to make my heart soft? Like, so like you're saying, Michelle, our hearts can be pierced because that's, you know, we often talk about, that's why we're on a healing journey. We're not on a healing journey. So we can get back into control so I can have control back and I can do whatever I want. And then you can't hurt me anymore. I'm having a heart, like we're undergoing a healing process to have a heart like Jesus and Mary Mm. and their hearts are vulnerable. Their hearts are pierced. Mm -hmm. Their hearts are humble. Their hearts are beautiful and they're strong and tender and life-giving. And that promise is a real, it's a real promise for us. It's not just an idea to model. That's what grace does. That's our lady full of grace. And that that's what our hearts are being made into. And so 
maybe as we kind of look at concluding here, she, Mother Teresa ends by saying, so she talks about repentance. And then she says, what are we to believe? Jesus thirsts even now in your heart and in the poor. He knows your weakness. He wants only your love, wants only the chance to love you. He is not bound by time. Whenever we come close to him, we become partners of Our Lady, St. John, and St. Mary Magdalene. So hear him, hear your own name, make my joy and yours complete, and let us pray. God bless you, she says. So so any, yeah, friends, any last thoughts here as we kind of, those are such deep places, but anything else, Heather, you want to share about this letter or about any insights that are coming to you? I just keep being struck by the same thing. Obviously, the Lord's speaking to me, <laughs> just even as we're having this podcast, but just what stuck out to me, it's just like making me tear up. Like he just wants the chance to love you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's so humble mm-hmm. and so yeah. willing to like, uh, we're talking about a tender heart, like that he would bring his thirst to us with all the risk of rejection, which we often will give him you know, because we're too busy, preoccupied, you know, and he allows that. That's what love requires is like an openness to the potential that it's not going to be everything that you thought Mm. that he would come to us just that he could have the chance to love, to love us. Like it's so humble. It's so kind. Yeah. Just again, like I'm just being drawn in by how captivating he is. Yeah. How about you, Michelle? I love the, that she ends that very line, make my joy and yours complete. I've been thinking about the scripture a lot. Your joy will be complete. I know there's another quote of Mother Teresa's, joy is the net that catches souls. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that even when I read this the first time. I'm thinking, why would someone want to be Christian? Why would, if they see the way we live, if there's no joy or lack of you know, joy, like mm-hmm. what is it that, what's attractive about that? A woman in love, there's something attractive. That's why we're drawn to romance, as you know, movies. That's why we watch Pride and Prejudice 25 times. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something mm-hmm. about that. There's something because it's the language of the gospel. It's in, you know, written into our DNA, into our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that a person in love, our joy is complete. So what does it even look like for us to have joy in Jesus and not treat it as a burden? but as this blessing and Mm -hmm. gift that it is. And I'm thinking to my life, I mean, the missionaries of charity are no joke. Like they hardcore. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, Mother Teresa said it is a call within a call. Mm -hmm. It is no joke. And you have to know the love of a savior to be able to go out and serve the poorest of the poor. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just really meditating on that. Where do I need to allow the joy of Jesus to really permeate my heart? And where is it? Where am I blocking it? is the question for me, like, where am I blocking the joy? Where is it incomplete in my own life is the question, you know, that I'm really going to be pondering myself. Yeah. So what about you, sister? Uh, it is true that the missionaries of charity are the Navy SEALs. Of the they Catholic really Church. are. I, I really do. I really do no believe that. joke. Mm-hmm. They like boldly go where nobody else wants to go. They'll go there. <laughs> yes. And it's just, they're such wonderful men and women, like, and such deep places of their own hearts. I, gosh, it's, yeah. I, I think I'm struck here at the very end when Mother Teresa reminds us that Jesus is not bound by time. Mm-hmm. And I just continually think of what good news that is, that there's no part of our heart that the Lord is not present simultaneously to right now because God doesn't live inside of time. He lives outside of time, which means there's such hope. Like I was talking last night, my one thing was an excerpt from Pope Benedict on a, you know, writing on hope that, 
hope is always present, that hope is um, always occurring to us and that Jesus can come into any part of our heart at any time and bring wholeness and communion there. So there's no, oh, that happened a long time ago. I can't do anything about that. But Jesus is there right now. So that means he can bring that part of us into life. He can heal wounds. He can forgive sin. He can restore. He can. He gives beauty for ashes. He walks with us in our suffering. He never leaves us. He suffers with compassio to suffer with. And like you're, like you're both saying, like who, who does that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Christianity. Mm-hmm. That is that separates Christianity from any other religion on the face of the earth. Is we have a God who becomes man and who takes on all of our suffering and then brings us home to the Father's house. And that's the best news ever. Amen. It's the best news ever. Best news ever. <laughs> well, Miss Michelle, would you like to share your one things for the week with us? My one thing is this book called I Thirst, 40 Days with Mother Teresa by Father Joseph Langford, who is a missionary mm. charity by the Augustine Institute. I will post a link to that. And... My other one thing is I got this in my little gift bag at the retreat in Wisconsin. It is from West Coast Catholic, and it is a holy water spritzer. And it is the cutest stinking oh, thing, guys. Nice. It looks like a little perfume thing, and you can just stick it in your purse and spray. Like, best stocking what? stuffer ever. And it's That's so classy great. and so good. I love all the stuff that she does at West Coast Catholic, but I love it. Wow. I, I want to give it to That's special. handy right there. It, it is so handy. Heather, idea. I keep it in my purse. you can bring it with you like at a hotel yes. room or a retreat center or wherever mm. you need holy water. I always have holy water nearby. That's that a great is, idea. It is so great. I'm like, best gift ever. All my adult children are going to get it it's for Christmas. And so, uh, Surprise. <laughs> yeah. So I will post. The- they don't listen. None of our kids listen to our yeah, podcast. So we're they, fine. None of our kids listen to our podcast. And so my kids love to they say. They never be caught dead. They're like, my mom does a podcast. What is this? Yeah. They, mom has a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, funny. so um, Heather, what is your one thing? Yeah. My one thing is I got to do this little um, like panel with divine renovation and alpha. And so it just brought me back into being reminded about who they are and these like great ministries in the church that can help us, you know, can help revitalize parishes, can help be that like invitation to other people to come into relationship with God. And so I just love what both of them are doing. And if you don't know about them, the links will be in the show notes. But also, if you haven't done Alpha in a while, it's a good thing to think about. There's Mm -hmm. a Catholic Alpha, Mm -hmm. and it's a great way to welcome people into relationship with God. Sister, how about you? Well, my one thing for the week is a recipe because it is cold now, y'all, in the Midwest. We are not in Texas anymore. And I made a really yummy, hearty meatloaf the other day. And I found a really great meatloaf recipe. Did you know, I did not know that the secret to the meatloaf recipe is grating in the onions and mixing them with the breadcrumbs first. Mm -hmm. So I put like half Italian breadcrumbs, half regular breadcrumbs. You can use gluten-free, whatever. I put fresh Italian basil or fresh fresh Italian parsley in mine as well. Mm. And there's a little glaze you can do on the top. And that I... It was solid. And it's like got a little protein. It's warm nice. and cozy. You did roasted potatoes, roasted butternut squash with it. So impressed. Whatever. You can do Brussels sprouts, you know. So wow. I just want to I just want to help people run over there warm for protein. dinner. Yeah. We also wanted to remind you, uh, if you haven't heard, that our Advent book this year is The Read of God by Carol Houselander. So you can go ahead and purchase that at any time. We will start our Advent journey on the first Monday after Advent. So I believe that will be December 4th. Advent is December 3rd this year, I believe, uh, Sunday, December 3rd. So we're going to start that. You don't have to read it first. You can read along with us. You can read it after. You can do whatever you want. So if you want to get that book, The Read of God by Carol Houselander, we are going to be walking through that this 
Advent series. So anyway, we just thank you for coming along with us. I hope that Mother Teresa's letter spoke to you and gave you a lot of food for thought and just to remind you of how beautiful and beloved you are. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.